Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Friday, March 27th. S&P futures are trading down about 50 points. That's about 2%. Europe's major indices are trading off about 2%. Asia was mixed to higher um, as Asia followed the U.S. session from Thursday. So Europe and the U.S. are seeing a little bit of profit taking this morning. Um, not terribly unexpected, not terribly surprising given the magnitude of the recent bounce. So over the, you know, since in the last three days, the S&P has essentially bounced about 20% off its low. So a little bit of profit taking um, is completely understandable. I don't think there's anything to freak out about just yet. Um, you know, again, my views have been that this bounce has a little bit more to go. So up to around 2,800, that's, you know, another 6% or so from here. But we're definitely, I think, in the latter stages of, of this rebound rally. Um, and I think people should start to think about fading it. So for me, in terms of news out overnight, the biggest headline was, um, you know, the Fed every Thursday night publishes an update on its balance sheet for the last several years. This has been a relatively uneventful occurrence. But um, given how aggressive the Fed has been acting now over the last two weeks, it's going to get a lot more attention. So the Fed balance sheet is now at a record high. Uh, larger than it ever was during the financial crisis, above $5 trillion. And I think this just shows how aggressive it has been, not just in announcing um, a variety of different stimulus and purchase commitments, but then executing on them. The Fed's activities are unprecedented and much, much more aggressive and much more rapid than it ever did during the financial crisis. Um, and I think, again, that's been a huge driver of why markets have been responding the way they are. Um, you know, the Fed's actions were not necessarily targeted at stocks. They were targeted at parts of credit markets and then FX as well that had been, um, you know, completely malfunctioning going back over the last couple of weeks. So you've seen a big improvement in corporate credit, um, IG in particular, as well as high yield. You've seen a big improvement in muni bonds, and you've seen a big easing in the U.S. dollar funding strains. And I think all that improvement has has obviously uh, worn off on stocks. And I think stocks are just responding to um, what's occurring in other markets. Um, you know, so again, I think grossly oversold levels, um, some anticipation of quarter end rebalancing, and then and then the Fed activity have all been um, you know propelling equities higher. It's largely technical reasons. You're not necessarily seeing a real big improvement in anything fundamental. If any, you know, you obviously saw the jobless claims yesterday. Um, you know, you continue to have a litany of companies come out and either withdraw guidance, cut guidance. Um, and then I think probably more importantly, slashing capital returns, slashing, suspending buybacks, suspending dividends. I think that's going to be the real big legacy of all this when the coronavirus crisis passes is, you know, we've come out of this golden age of capital return. Um, and I think, you know, it's going to be the dividend and buyback figures going forward are going to be much reduced from where they had been. Um, and I think that will be on a secular basis because companies will be much, much more conservative in managing their balance sheets. Um so, like I said, in terms of this rally, I think has a little bit more to go, um, but not not too much. And so, you know, down to twenty two hundred, I think that gives the market a lot of insulation against all the negatives that are occurring. Up at twenty eight hundred, it just becomes much more vulnerable, um, especially as we go into the Q one earnings season in a couple of weeks. Um, the market at twenty eight hundred probably will not be able to sustain 
um, or even you know 2750 probably will not be able to sustain into uh, an earnings season that's probably going to be relatively grim. Um, so like I said, in terms of news, there's not much. That balance sheet update to me was kind of the you know the, the biggest piece of information. The stimulus C bill passed the Senate yesterday. It will pass the House today. There was another tiny uh, uh, another obstacle whereby it looks like all the House members will have to be called are being uh, called back to Washington physically to vote in person because a single representative um, is going to voice opposition. So, you know, it's, it's guaranteed to pass, but, um, you know, it's, it's certainly they're, they're making it as hard as possible. So it should get to Trump's desk as soon as tonight um, to be signed into law or early tomorrow morning. And then we'll watch to see how the money is dispersed. Um, you know, I think specifically people are watching, um, you know, the, the, the money devoted for, you know, quote unquote, particularly stressed companies. So that's airlines um, and then other companies in travel and leisure. Although it looks like the cruise ship companies are excluded. Um, It's not entirely clear, but it looks like they are excluded unless they were to make some action in terms of um, where they're domiciling and then, and then demonstrating where they have a majority of their workers. So for the moment, it looks like cruise lines are excluded. That was kind of known yesterday morning. That's why they, the bulk of those companies traded poorly. Um, but I think people will be watching to see, you know, the airlines specifically, there is a grant component, but it's also not clear entirely if that will include an equity, uh, you know, surrendering equity to the treasury. So I think that's kind of the next stage is just watching how the money is dispersed and some of the specifics around the mechanics. Um, nothing super new on, on coronavirus. You know, there's big headline that the U.S. now is the most cases on the planet. I think that's a non no, that's not really news. Um, and, and that's really a largely a function of testing as well. Not so much in terms of which country has the most cases, it's which country is testing to uncover the most cases. And so the U.S. has been ramping its testing aggressively. And it, you know, it's understandable then that the case count, the reported case count will rise. You know, you have some glimmers of hope in certain regions, depending on how you look at the data. Washington State, which had been a big area of outbreak, is, is, is certainly leveling off. Um, certain parts of Westchester County, which had been, um, which had been um, experiencing big outbreaks, also have been leveling off. New York City is still experiencing rises. Um, New Orleans is kind of the new big outbreak uh, city in in the U.S. So it's very mixed. Um, you know, I, I I think certainly you're going to continue to see a rise in cases. You continue to have various different officials and hospitals and and universities provide estimates on when it will peak in various regions. Again, I think. If you look at the data, there's enough to support a bullish view and enough to support a bearish view. Um, so again, nothing uh, really all that definitive out overnight on that front. Nothing super incremental on the eco data front. It, India came out and um, and issued a, a surprise rate cut. So they just pulled forward their meeting. Their meeting was supposed to be next week. The RBI came out this morning and cut rates, um, You know, fitting with the pattern we've seen from every central bank on the planet. So nothing terribly um, exciting there. On the company-specific front, like I said, you've had, you have a lot of companies withdrawing guidance. You have a lot of companies suspending buybacks, dividends. I'm not going to run through everything, but there's a lot. Um, on the real estate front, you know, I think this has been a big theme. And like I said yesterday, I thought the cheesecake announcement was very notable where they essentially said they're not paying rent on April 1st. There's an article out overnight about how WeWork is now going around and looking to renegotiate a lot of its lease obligations, um, given that they anticipate a decline in demand. A, a few other examples of larger companies, H&M in the UK, talked about how they want to exit out some of their leases. So I think you're going to see this kind of this cascading effect uh, on real estate going forward. And it'll be interesting to see how that all unfolds. Um, 
you know, you've had a lot of these anecdotal uh, pieces of, of news, but, you know, I think, I think that's certainly going to become a macro theme um, over the coming weeks and months. On oil, oil, you know, continues to trade horribly. There was a G20 leaders conference call yesterday. There was some hope, given that Saudi Arabia is leading the G20 this year, there was some hope that there could be some type of a resolution about this Saudi-Russia oil war where you could see a, a decline in supply. It doesn't even look like the topic was discussed. So I think that was disappointing. And then, you know, remember a couple of weeks ago, Trump talked about how he wanted the SPR, the Strategic Petroleum, Petroleum Reserve, to ramp up crude purchases. Well, the bill, uh, the stimulus bill took away the funding for that. So in the original Senate proposal that McConnell put out, there was uh, there was money devoted to the SPR to make oil purchases that was stripped out. So you're not even going to see the SPR make purchases. You continue to have an awful supply back uh, backdrop. And then obviously demand is collapsing. So, um, you know, oil sentiment is awful um, and it doesn't it's hard to see much hope uh, on the horizon. Um, unless Saudi Arabia, again, unless Saudi Arabia and Russia um, were to come out and suddenly announce a, a detente, but that just does not seem like it's um, a coming anytime soon. Um, on the calendar for today, there is nothing scheduled. You know, obviously, you're going to get you get these coronavirus numbers that hit from various different countries. So, you know, you get kind of Spain and Italy. Italy hits around midday. That tends to be a large, um, you know, a large catalyst. The New York. Governor Cuomo's conference uh, press conferences that he's been doing on a daily basis usually start around 11:30 a.m. Those can be market moving, depending. Um, and then the White House Coronavirus Task Force usually is holding it has been holding a daily briefing, and Trump has been making an appearance at all of them. Um, that usually is after the close. So the last night was at around 5:30. Um, they have moved that forward sometimes, but it looks like this won't be after the close as well. And then the House is going to vote on this bill. Again, passage is guaranteed, um, so it doesn't even really matter what time that starts. So that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.